at Donald Trump's direction, MAGA Republicans are doing everything in their power to kill a bipartisan border deal negotiated in the Senate between Republicans and Democrats. Look, this border bill is endorsed by the main Border Patrol Union. It's the toughest border deal ever, essentially giving Republicans everything they've ever asked for. And President Biden said he's willing to sign it into law, but not enough for the Magadonians. Donald Trump has ordered his so-called Magadonians in Congress to kill the bill because he wants to campaign on whining about chaos at the border. Meanwhile, a group of Magadonians, MAGA people, whatever, descended on the border, calling themselves the Take Our Border Back Convoy, and they wondered when they got there, where's the invasion? They then, naturally, began attacking each other. It all got very weird. Very quickly, <laughs> we have the video of what went down. Speaking of weird, Donald Trump posted a photo of himself over the weekend next to Elvis and said many people tell him that he looks like Elvis. This follows his speeches where he basically at this point just makes random noises. He goes up there and goes ding, ding, swoosh. And then he goes, oh, mommy, I can't lift it, mommy. I mean, this is just some really, really weird stuff. <laughs> On the other hand, President Biden had a dominant, I don't know how else to call it. President Biden had a dominant showing in the South Carolina Democratic primary, winning 96% of the vote. The polls had President Biden at around 69%. Now, this was actually a dominant win. You could use the word domination here, far exceeding the polling. But the media did not report it that way, as they did when Donald Trump underperformed in New Hampshire, and they called that a domination. Also, a note, the Nevada Democratic primaries coming up on Tuesday. Judge Tanya Chutkin gave an update uh, earlier when uh, the D.C. federal criminal case could start. She, she gave a hint, that is, that she's prepared to give up her summer vacation to have that case tried against Donald Trump. And good economic news, another soaring jobs report and other great economic data. This is the Midas Touch podcast. I'm Ben. Joined by Brett Mycellus, our co-host. Jordy is still on his paternity break. We expect him to be back soon. And once again, congratulations to Jordy, his wife, Lexi, on their baby boy. Brett, how are you? Doing great. I can't wait for Jordy to be back here. But, oh my gosh, is he missing a lot of news throughout these weeks? The past, like, 48 to 72 hours, I would say, have been so incredibly revealing. I mean, it's nothing what we haven't known so far, but to see it on full display, to see these Republicans getting everything they asked for on a bill that they've been asking for for a while on what is their number one issue, 
Democrats calling their bluff, working with the more, let's call them more normal Republicans in their caucus, putting together a very, a very, very strong border bill, like almost too strong of a border bill. And then just deciding, nah, we can't do that because if we actually do something, it might be bad for Donald Trump's re-election efforts. It really exposes just how all of their rhetoric is for show. And I think independent voters have to be watching right now and looking at a party that's been screaming about an issue day in and day out, and then they finally get what they want and what a lot of these independent voters have wanted. And then the Republicans torpedo the bill. I mean, could you make sense of this? You can't make sense of it other than it's Magadonia logic. Donald Trump perceives that whining about the border is an important issue for him in his campaign. That's what he likes to do. He likes the chaos. He likes the whining. And he perceives that if there is a solution, President Biden would be given credit. Democrats would be given credit. And by the way, I'm not sure that's necessarily the case. I think voters would reward people who are solution-oriented regardless of their political party that came together and ultimately made a deal. I mean, this border deal effort was led by Senator James Lankford of Oklahoma, okay? You don't get more right-wing Republican than James Lankford. By the way, you know who said James Lankford? was tough on the border. You know who endorsed James Lankford? Donald Trump. Do we have that endorsement? There it is right there. Donald Trump endorsing. It says endorsement of Senator James Lankford. And it says James Lankford is strong on the border. This is who President Biden and Democrats allowed to basically craft and lead this border bill, and Democrats wanted to, where they could, have, of course, humanitarian protections and to try to avoid the cruelty that some MAGA Republicans want to put in there. But otherwise, it gave Republicans basically everything that they ever asked for. And what do Republicans do now, or what is MAGA doing now? They want to kill the bill. And they're just very not serious about it. They go, if there's even one border crossing, even one, we can't support a border bill. We can't do it, even if there's one. And Brett, to your point, that's this like fan fiction that they've created that when Donald Trump was in office, everything was perfect. There were no border crossings when, of course, there were border crossings. And even James Langford talked about how there were over 4,000 border crossings a day when Trump was in office. Like, let's just get serious. Let's have a serious dialogue and a discussion. But going back to what I said in the intro, in every respect, MAGA is not serious, and they stand for nothing and fall for everything. I, I wasn't making that up, that in Donald Trump's speeches, his traveling fascist circus events that he calls rallies, at this point, he's just kind of getting up there, saying a bunch of weird things, and like making noises. Like He really is going 
a ding, a ding, ding, a, a swoosh, a swoosh. Here, let me just show you that clip from one of his recent events. Here, play this clip. Go. These are not muscle guys here. They're muscle guys up here, right? And they calmly walk to a seat. Ding, 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 ding. They've only got 17 seconds to figure this whole thing out, right? Boom. Okay. Missile launch. Ping, boom. It's the most un... And then one of the other things that he does is he tells this like weird story where it's, uh, you know, someone who's lifting weights next to a, a trans woman and they're unable to lift the weights. And then the person goes, mommy, like, mommy, I can't do it, mommy. Uh, I need help. And and then Donald Trump like reenacts that here. P- pretty normal stuff here. Play normal. this clip. Normal. <sighs> <sighs> and they're proud. They're clapping. They're going crazy. <sighs> I can't do it, mama. I can't. Mom. I can't do it, mama. I can't do it. I mean, again, what the heck is that? Like, and then he spends like a few minutes talking about cognitive exams. And he says, you know, I took another cognitive. Every day he's taking cognitive exams. Like I took another cognitive exam and, and, and it was really hard. And there were six things that I had to memorize. Then he names like five things. Like <laughs> a chair. A vote, a moat, a, a, a lion. None of you could pass it. I mean, it's just really, and he just gave an interview before we went live with Newsmax where he's trying to discuss the economy. And, and basically, the same way I think he was trying to discuss the military with ding, ding, swoosh, he says words incorrectly, like he calls supply chain supply change. And then he says things like no one's ever heard of these words before that lots of people have heard of these words. I know, I know what a supply chain is. My my wife majored in supply chain. My my wife majored in supply chain in college. That was over, over a decade ago. But yeah, we just heard of it because of Trump. That's right. Here's the clip. In what regard? Uh, I think it's not going to be able to function. I think it's, look at even things like supply chains, things we never even heard about. You never heard that term. Yes, we, I, I've heard of supply chain. We've, we've heard of the term before. But this <laughs> is the person who MAGA Republicans are taking their orders from. Their orders to kill the border bill, their orders to help Vladimir Putin. I mean, Putin and President Xi and Kim Jong-un must be laughing and mocking the crap out of America that someone like Donald Trump controls one of the two major political parties in the United States. This is a weapon of mass embarrassment. Because this stuff is so, again, yes, it's dangerous, but he's such a loser. And this stuff is just so weird. And I watch it and I go, and this is where I always feel gaslighted. And this is why I love the Midas Mighty community. I'm like, I'm like, y'all are watching this. Like he's up there going, ding, ding, swoosh, 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 mommy, mommy, mommy. And I'm like, okay, you're talking about this like this is normal? Like, come on, media! This is some cr- Ben. I don't know what I don't know what you're reading, but Axios and the New York Times told me that Donald Trump was running a much more disciplined campaign this they time around. Disciplined campaign. They write the craziest headline. All I want them to do, 
And again, I don't need them. Like, I'm not saying you need to do better for Joe Biden or you need to like just literally show me what it is that Donald Trump is saying and what President Biden is saying. Why are they going out of their way, legacy media, to like recast all of this stuff? as normal behavior. By the way, Ben, we've been seeing this for years and years and years. I mean, it became a joke during the Trump administration. Every time they would say, I think Donald Trump is taking a new tone right now. New tone, a new tone. That became a joke. It became a punchline of the Trump administration. And they're still doing the new tone stories all these years later with the Trump campaign. I've noticed about every, I don't know, two or three months or so, for whatever reason, all the publications run the Trump is running a more disciplined campaign story. I don't know why that just comes up every few months. And then every few months they run the Joe Biden is wearing sneakers story. And I just keep see them, seeing them recycle them. And I'm like, and, and they'll also do it with like all they'll do it with like sirens. Like these reporters will do siren, 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 Joe Biden wearing sneakers. I was like, you, it's the same story you reported like three and a half months ago. I don't understand. I don't know why this is sirens. I don't know who cares. Could you just like report what's going on? Please, 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 please. And one of the things that Trump always does in his rallies or in his interviews is he then demeans America. Like he'll always repeat like America is pathetic. At his rallies, he plays the QAnon music. You've got people there who are doing like QAnon hand signals. And Donald Trump, for three minutes to this really eerie music, just keeps on saying, America's in decline. America is pathetic. America is a crappy nation. And he's over and over again saying how bad America is to this her weird, cute, like actual, like QAnon esque music right here. But here he is in the interview moments before we went live on Newsmax doing it again and saying, America is pathetic. Here, play this clip. I ask you, the country is just, yeah. it's so pathetic. And you know, other countries are watching this. Just get the hell out of here then. Like, like literally leave. He promised us he would leave if he lost. Another promise not kept by Donald Trump. But he lies about everything. And here, Donald Trump gave an interview to Dan Bongino, the right-wing podcaster, saying that he had never endorsed James Langford. And I'll show you that portion. And then I think the clip also shows Langford on an interview on CNN here let's, with Jake Tapper. Let's let, let's play this clip if we got it. Just uh, to correct the record, I did not endorse Senator Langford. Uh, he ran, and I didn't endorse him. This is a very bad bill for his career. I don't know how a, a Republican senator can put can actually put a thing like this forth. So, just to correct the record, um, Donald Trump did endorse you. Um, he did. But regardless of that. Why do you think he's going after you and this border bill, considering this is the most, and I've been in this town for a lot longer than you have, this is the most conservative immigration compromise that I have ever seen come to this level. Previous efforts under Bush and under Obama were far more uh, permissive, far more liberal than this. Why do you think Trump's going after you? Yeah, I, I don't know, obviously, other than he, he has a different job than I have right now. His job right now is running for president, and so he's trying to be able to manage that. And obviously, a chaotic border is helpful to him in the process on that. You see Trump saying, I never endorsed Oklahoma Senator James Lankford. We showed you the endorsement. It says endorsement of James Lankford, who is, quote, strong on the border. I don't just pass by that line, Brett, because it just shows once again that he absolutely just lies.
about every single thing. And we can show you right here the endorsement, right? You can show that to the Magadonians. They can look at that, but they in their own mind will come up with some justification. Well, he meant the primaries. He didn't endorse them. He, he endorsed them in the general, but not the primary. Like whatever it is, they'll go and try to kind of cover it up for it. But there you have a Republican senator from Oklahoma saying that Donald Trump just wants the chaos for his campaign and is not trying to solve the problem. Someone who Donald Trump said was strong on the border, who was leading this compromise deal, which pretty much has all of the Republican positions in it, he's saying Trump wants chaos. I don't know what other data points we can show and share. So when the media goes, oh, this is a failing of the Biden administration. No, it's not. President Biden, reasonable and rational Republicans and Democrats are trying to find a solution and MAGA is trying to destroy it. I mean, it's right there. Brett. I'll give you another data point right here, Ben. The data point being that the Border Patrol Union actually endorsed this bill. And I will read their statement because the Border Patrol Union, not big fans of President Biden. I'm going to say that right out front. If you look at the Border Patrol Union's like Twitter feed, it's mostly memes making fun of Biden. This is not exactly a friendly union towards Biden, the border workers. But let's pull up their statement and what they thought about this bill that Republicans have been lying about day in and day out. Here's what the Border Patrol says. The Border Act of 2024 will codify into law authorities that U.S. Border Patrol agents never had in the past. This will allow us to remove single adults expeditiously and without a lengthy judicial review, which historically has required the release of these individuals into the interior of the U.S. This alone will drop illegal border crossings nationwide and will allow a great many of our agents to get back to detecting and apprehending those who want to cross our borders illegally and evade apprehension. While not perfect, the Border Act of 2024 is a step in the right direction and is far better than the status quo, which is why the National Border Patrol Council endorses this bill and hopes for a quick passage. So this came in the midst of just Republicans piling on day in and day out. Even before the text of the bill was released, you had Laura Ingram putting up graphics on her show, just lying about what was in the bill or cherry picking things without context to make it seem much different than it actually was when it actually is, like Jake Tapper said in that interview, it is one of the most conservative border bill compromises in history, it, it truly is. Like when I look at it, even I'm like, whoa, I'm like, well, this is a little, it's a little much, right? Ben? Like I, 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 that's how I feel when I look at it. You know, the way I view it is it's part of a broader national security supplemental for $118 billion that provides the necessary aid to Ukraine. It provides other necessary, you know, military support. It also includes this $20 billion of funding uh, to the to the border right there. It deals with fentanyl eradication and narcotics deterrence. It gives $400 million for the nonprofit security grant program to help nonprofits and places of worship make security enhancements. So like the way I kind of justify it in my own mind is that there needs desperately to be aid to Ukraine. And so I could almost kind of swallow the pill of a bill like this because you need to make compromises 
in politics. That's kind of how I view it. Yeah. Like, I mean, when you have split government the way we have right now, when you have a Democrat in the White House, when you have a Democratic Senate, and when you have a Republican-controlled House of Representatives, narrowly controlled, by the way, they basically have like one extra uh, vote that they could even afford to lose on any of these things, you have to compromise. It's, it's part of governing. It's why our system of checks and balances, it's why the whole thing is set up the way it is to force compromise. But what we're experiencing with these MAGA Republicans is they're playing this zero-sum game where they refuse to relent at all. They refuse to let the country work. They refuse to let anything actually happen. When you look at who supports this bill, it's ultimately everybody, like, I mean everybody except MAGA. You have this one malignant force in the United States that is preventing us from doing just about everything. They have this incredibly sophisticated machine, this disinformation propaganda machine that's endlessly, endlessly, endlessly pumping out BS nightly, daily, every second of the day, whether it's on social media or Fox or OAN. And that's what we're competing with, even though they're in much smaller numbers. This is the rule of the MAGA minority. Yeah. And you've got Fox just pumping the disinfo out over and over again. But I'll give credit to this guy, Bill Mulligan, who's been like their main border reporter, who just kind of put the facts of like what is in this border security bill. And here's how he kind of summarizes some of the key points. He says, no amnesty legalization of anyone already in the U.S. illegally funds an increase in ICE detention capacity to approximately 50,000 from the current 34,000 at the seven-day rolling average of 5,000 encounters per day or 8,500 encounters in a single day, DHS is required to shut the border down and turn away anyone who crosses. No new asylum claims will be allowed and anybody crossing will be removed would end the whole idea of, quote, I made it to the U.S. soil, you have to process me. That would be over. Border Patrol would not process the illegal crosser, and they would be removed. No asylum claim permitted unless it's made at a port of entry. This does not mean 5,000 are allowed in before this authority kicks in. Single adults would be detained. Families would be released via alternatives to detention, and asylum cases would be fast-tracked to months rather than years under a new rapid expedited expulsion system. Those who fail would be quickly removed from the U.S. Those who initially pass would be released with work authorization and 90-day supervision until final asylum claim is determined. The shutdown authority doesn't drop until crosses decrease significantly in the days following the shutdown. Significantly tougher asylum requirements and a higher credible fear standard, including three bars to eligibility, criminal history, could they have resettled in another country on the way to the U.S.? Could they have resettled somewhere else in their own country? Just saying you're scared to return home will no longer be enough in initial review. It appears that the legislation would move asylum claims away from immigration judges and instead to be handled by the USCJS. 
$1.4 billion in FEMA funding available to disbursement to NGOs, municipalities, but some of that money doesn't unlock until key border security metrics are hit with ICE detention beds. ICE and Border Patrol new hires and at least 1,500 deportation flights, ends the use of parole release via CBP-1 app and ends parole for illegal crossers between ports of entry, keeps humanitarian parole as it was originally intended. I mean, I can go on and you know, and on and on and on here, but Brett, I, the reason why I wanted to read that is I can go here and kind of just speak loudly and say, this is strong and this is this, but this is a list of yeah. things that Republicans have always said that they wanted. And look, the Democrats were able to get in and do, deal with a lot of humanitarian issues as well. And for example, like to provide free lawyers to minors. And that's one of the issues that the MAGA Republicans take issue with here. The taxpayers are going to provide lawyers, yes, to an eight-year-old who fears for their life. Yes, we're going to do things like that. But then the MAGA Republicans say, if you allow in just one person, if there's one illegal crossing, we're not going to support this. And, and going back to what we always been talking about, well, then, then we can't have a serious discussion because that's just ridiculous. And if you're going to create a fan fiction where under Trump, there weren't 4,000 crossings a day, and you want to pretend that there was this perfect world, we, we can't have serious discussions. And one of the things we talk about here on the Midas Touch Network is that's really all we're looking for, right? To me, this isn't a democratic thing. It's not a liberal thing. It's not a progressive thing. It's not a lefty thing, or it shouldn't be just like a righty thing or a conservative thing. Like we should just want to be able to talk about data and to find solutions and have serious adult conversations about these issues. And MAGA Republicans want instead to do a ding, a ding, a swoosh, a swoosh. Then they use their propaganda machine like Fox to pump out the disinformation and say, under this bill, it invites 5,000 people every single day. It's like, that's not what it does. It doesn't say that. So now you're lying the same way Donald Trump lies and says he didn't endorse Langford. And, and then we and, and now we're just having stupid conversations. Like we're not having real, credible, intelligent conversations brought to you by MAGA disrupting you know, our ability to govern. Yeah. And even before they read it, you know, they were all like, this thing is dead on arrival in the house, dead on arrival. We can't underestimate to just the power of media like Fox and how they have this coordination across the MAGA ecosystem of just spreading lies. They just want to spread lies. And once they get it out there, they get their minions to repeat it. And that's all they want at the end of the day. And frankly, they are succeeding here. They're succeeding here because it looks like this bill may not go anywhere. You know, it's looking like even the Senate might vote down this bill because they're getting all this pressure now from because of all these lies. You know, the threats are engaged. Fox is holding their feet to the fire. And it looks like they may not even have enough Republican votes in the Senate where it looked like it may be able to pass there. Now it looks like they may not have the votes there. It's looking like McConnell is saying that they wouldn't even have the votes there. 
even if it did, Speaker Johnson said that he wouldn't even let it get a vote on the House floor. If it were if it were to hit the House floor, it would pass with overwhelming numbers because you would have these moderate Republicans and you would have the Democrats voting for this bill. That's MAGA Mike Johnson's biggest nightmare to let this thing pass. And I can guarantee you if the same exact bill verbatim was released during a Trump administration, that they would be parading this thing around as the strongest border bill you've ever seen. They would be spiking the football. They would be praising this thing nonstop. And how do I know that? Because these provisions in this bill are the same things that Donald Trump requested from Congress when he was president. And this probably even goes a little further than that. So they are just full of shit. I think independents are watching I think even moderate Republicans are watching this and are going, really? Really? You're fumbling this on the goal line? We could have actually had. So you lied to me. So you don't care about this issue. And I think it was great that President Biden really kind of called their bluff. And we may go, whoa, you went a little bit too far with some of the provisions that I was just reading. But I think President Biden realized no no matter what I do, they are not going to support it. So let me just give them everything that they've always been asking for. And I'm going to prove to you that they will be against it simply because I am for a compromise that they've wanted. And I think he's exposed that masterfully. And it is also interesting, Brett, to see these MAGA people who went to the border as well to try to find the invasion that they've been told about from Fox and all this right-wing media. And they show up around Eagle Pass and they're like, okay, well, like, where's the invasion? And then you put a bunch of MAGA people together. Inevitably, they're going to start attacking each other. So we've got we've got video of that. I also want to show, too, what Donald Trump's been kind of posting about. I want to talk about South Carolina and put it in its true and accurate context, how big that was for President Biden. And then I also want to talk about the economy. Let's talk about all of that and more. I want to take our first quick break, but I want to remind everybody about our newsletter. Our newsletter is expanding rapidly, MidasTouch.com slash newsletter. You'll get daily emails from me and my brothers and our whole team that prepares these newsletters on breaking news and other daily events and everything going on in the Midas Touch world. So make sure you subscribe to MidasTouch.com slash newsletter. We'll be right back after our first quick break of the show. Most clothes are uncomfortable or too tight or never actually the size you really are, not to mention the annoyance of trying to put a good outfit together. Everyone wants to dress their best and look good at all times because, frankly, it's a confidence booster. So here's the deal. Men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible set of products known to man, and here's why. Roan helps you get ready for any occasion with the commuter collection, which offers the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, and polos. You never have to worry about what to wear when you have the Roan Commuter Collection. Roan's comfortable four-way stretch fabric provides breathability and flexibility that leaves you free to enjoy what life throws your way from your commute to work to your 18 holes of golf. It's time to feel confident again without the hassle. With Roan's wrinkle release technology, wrinkles disappear as you stretch and wear the products. It's that easy. And with Gold Fusion anti-odor technology, you'll be smelling fresh. 
fresh and clean all day long. And on top of that, Roan is 100% machine washable, so you can ditch the dry cleaner altogether. I absolutely love Roan. It's comfortable yet professional and has truly become my favorite clothing. We're on the move a lot, whether it's jumping from meeting to meeting or catching a flight or doing a hot take, whatever. Roan Commuter Collection has never let me down. The versatility and overall comfort of the collection is undefeated. Even after I wear it all day, I still feel super fresh because of that gold fusion anti-odor technology. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Midas and use that promo code Midas to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to R-H-O-N-E dot com slash m-e-i-d-a-s and use that code midas it's time to find your corner office comfort have you heard of bond charge bond charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way founded on science and inspired by nature all bond charge products adopt ancestral ways of living in our modern world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list is endless. But my favorite product from Bond Charge is their infrared sauna blanket. The infrared sauna blanket works wonders. It has for me, and I know it will for you as well. The sauna blanket works by raising heart rate to that of physical exercise. So it burns calories, while you relax. You can burn up to 600 calories in just one session. Sweating helps flush out those heavy metals and other toxins, and the infrared heat elevates your heart rate while relaxing, which releases endorphins and can leave you feeling euphoric after your session. It works by using infrared light, which heats the body directly rather than the air around you like a traditional sauna. This means you get the same benefits at a lower heat. You also do not need to have your head in the heat like a traditional sauna. It's so easy to set up. It takes less than a minute to set up, in fact, and it heats up rapidly. Enjoy a session for 30 to 40 minutes while relaxing, reading, watching TV, meditating, whatever you'd like. I've tried other products, but they simply don't work nearly as well as Bond Charge. Bond Charge infrared sauna is easy to clean up. It heats up quickly. It's super simple to use, and the lightweight design makes it perfect. Bond Charge ships worldwide in rapid time and has free shipping on every sauna blanket with no hidden costs. And it comes with a 12-month warranty. So here's what you got to do. Go to bondcharge.com slash Midas and use the coupon code Midas, M-E-I-D-A-S, to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E dot com slash Midas and use the coupon code Midas to save 15%. We are back live here on the Midas Touch podcast. Thank you to our incredible pro-democracy sponsors. And it's also worth noting as well, Tucker Carlson, the MAGA hero right now, right? Where is he? He is in Russia. He was interviewing, what, Vladimir Putin and kind of giving the Kremlin all of the propaganda. We'll we'll see. We don't know for sure just yet, I don't think. But that's the People say that he was hanging out at at Putin's building or, I mean- but definitely giving them a ton of propaganda. I mean, I mean, going to Russia like that. I mean, it, it, 
I, it is such a strange and such a dangerous concept that you've got this kind of MAGA Republican mutation where they actually like just support Vladimir Putin. They straight up support the enemy who is trying to cause us harm, whose mission is to destroy us. And we've got a major faction within a major political party that's advocating like for Putin every day. And in this Senate national security supplemental, I mean, what Brett, there was like how much money for Ukraine there? $60 billion for Ukraine. I mean, a massive amount of money needed. The European Union stepped up for Ukraine and you have the United States of America not, but it's because of MAGA. It's not just because, you know, it's a Biden thing or a both sides. This is a theme over and over again. And the same thing with the border. You've got the MAGA Republicans using propaganda and Putin talking points to try to undermine a very basic thing to support Ukraine and to support our allies. But for but, pennies, for pennies on the dollar, like it's it's such a small amount of our overall budget, like the smallest amount. It goes a long way. It weakens Russia. And it's not like we're just dropping bags of money off at Zelensky's house. Like most of this money is going to American contractors to make weapons to send over there. Or we're sending the value of these packages worth of weapons, old weapons that we don't even use anymore, sending it over there. It's just a complete abdication of duty. And the issue is, is that the rest of the Republican Party is so weak and so spineless that they refuse to stand up to this MAGA faction, even though they represent such a small percentage of the country. I mean, it's why you see Mitch McConnell right now coming out of a closed door meeting and saying that he is now explicitly telling his members of the Senate to vote no on this bill that he's been fighting for. And in his statement that he said, he, he reportedly said, the problem isn't the bill. The problem isn't what Senator Lankford negotiated. It's that the, quote, political mood of the country has changed. The political mood of the country. That is code word for Donald Trump. Donald Trump does not want this to be done. He has sicked his minions on us. Therefore, we are unable to go forward with this bill. And when they, when he has in, on his side a network like Fox, when he has people like Elon Musk pushing out the same propaganda, when he has OAN and Newsmax, all these Trump networks pushing out propaganda, it becomes, I guess, hard for these Republicans because they're just being attacked in their space. They're being attacked from all angles. I want you to hear how Laura Ingram discusses this. Laura Ingram basically threatening not even basically, she is extorting. threatening, extorting Republicans, telling them not to vote for this bill or else. Oh, and speaking of consequences, there needs to be consequences, political consequences for Republicans trying to force this bill nine months before the election. Let the people decide this. Pro-amnesty Republicans, though, when you really think about it, would be really happy if this new border bill hamstrung President Trump from really shutting down the border and really deporting people if he wins in November. And by the way, Brett, you saw when I read the terms, the first term was no amnesty. And then yeah. she referred <laughs> she refers as, to it as pro-amnesty Republicans. Like she, she's just a liar. Liar. A, a, a disgusting, a really evil, person evil person. Lying to people 
every single second. What a hateful, hateful, hateful person. Like, how could you live with yourself? I don't, I don't People even understand. should go back and watch the interview we did with her brother. And her brother explained how she became a hateful person. He talked about their abusive family that they grew up in, how their father would carry a Mein Kampf book around and other Hitler readings around. I mean, it was an illuminating interview to really kind of understand the the, the pathology right there. This is one of their tactics, too, that they do to basically ensure that the government doesn't work, to ensure that there is chaos. Anytime that there is a little bit of compromise. They refer to it as the Uniparty, and they go, it's MAGA versus the Uniparty. The Uniparty? Like, what are we doing here? Why are we taking bizarre language that, like, Elon Musk and other, like, nerds on the internet have used in dark spaces, and now we're bringing that here to just frame everything that's a compromise as a dirty thing. We're supposed to be able to compromise. We're supposed to be able to come together get come together to solve issues. That doesn't make it a uniparty. That's what this government is all about. I want to show you now Senator Lankford and and his statements on the bill. Here's what uh, Speaker Johnson said. I have seen enough. This bill is even worse than we expected. It won't come close to any of the border catastrophe the president has created. As the lead Democrat negotiator proclaimed, under this legislation, the border never closes. If this bill reaches the House, it will be dead on arrival. Your thoughts? Yeah, un- unfortunately, he would step out and be able to see that right away before, obviously, he had had a chance to be able to read it as well and to be able to go through it. The key aspect of this, again, is are we as Republicans going to have press conferences and complain the border's bad and then intentionally leave it open? After the worst month in American history in December, now we've got to actually determine, are we going to just complain about things or are we going to actually address and to change as many things as we can? If we have the shot, and it's amazing to me, if, if I go back two months ago and say we had the shot under a Democrat president to dramatically increase detention beds, deportation flights, lock down the border to be able to change the asylum laws, to be able to accelerate the process. No one would have believed it. And now no one actually wants to be able to fix it and says, I don't want to even debate it. I don't want to discuss it. We have to decide as Republicans, what are we going to actually do about the border? Leave it open or actually leave it closed? I, I mean, they're going to do press conferences <laughs> and just whine about it. And they're going to blame Democrats and blame Biden and not actually come up with a solution. It's why it's important that not just Democrats, but people who support rational solutions just get out there with the facts and the data. By the way, it's why I wanted to do that interview with Governor Asa Hutchinson, former governor, Republican governor of Arkansas, right? Like, we can have a respectful conversation about coming up with solutions that doesn't involve MAGA chaos. And I could vehemently disagree with him on a lot of other issues, but I want to stick with the facts and be tethered to reality, Brett. And meanwhile, speaking of these stunts, what are the MAGA Republicans doing? Trying to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security. That's what they are pushing because they think that's like a winning issue. It's it's a stunt. It's it's a do nothing stunt. He's never going to be convicted in the Senate. Not even sure the impeachment's going to actually pass when it goes to the full House. But it's just a stunt, and and that's what they want to do. So they can go on Laura Ingraham, and she can go, great job, everybody! What a wonderful thing that you did today, pushing back against the Uniparty. Yeah, yeah, it's complete. 
That, that was your learning impression. It's good. I mean, we could we could probably workshop it a little bit, but you know, you're you're, you're good. Me. You've had your your comer's better. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a tough one. Maybe we, maybe, need, to, we need to come up with two more <laughs> attempts. We, we, we can't be doing any more any more public hearings because all of the witnesses don't remember the bad facts. They, they don't remember I, any of the bad facts about about Joe Biden. I, that's, that's and they, they just they just remember the good. I want to play this one other clip too quickly because, you know, you have Laura Ingram, you have people like Brian Kilmeade, you have, you know, Hannity, you have all, all these Fox hosts that are pushing these threats at Republicans, telling them not to vote for this thing. But there was actually one moment of light today on Fox, which I thought we, we should play, which is Martha McCollum actually challenging Nancy Mace, the congresswoman. She must have thought that she was going onto friendly territory and she was just going to be able to crap on this bill like everyone else has been crapping on this bill. But she actually got pushed back here and it's definitely worth watching. Say to the American people about that. Well, I find it very ironic, Senator Langford's comments there, because this bill keeps the border wide open. There are so many loopholes in this bill, it'll make your head spin. And any Republican that supports it supports open borders, because it's going to allow Secretary Mayorkas to have full discretion on who comes in above that 5,000 limit. It lowers the standard for those that are seeking asylum. And look, the American people are tired of being an ATM machine for the illegal aliens that are coming coming across our border every single day. And the more that I read language well, in this bill, yeah. the more frustrated I get with it because right, it's not so, what we're you know, being I, sold. I think we're all trying to, to figure out this bill. Have you read all 370 pages of this bill? We are we are working through it. We have about 50 pages more to go. But from what we can tell, and I'm going to put forth a statement once we finish reading the bill, the measures that we feel are extremely undesirable that keep our border open, that water down the asylum system. Um, it's not good for the country, well, quite exactly the opposite. That's why I'm, I'm asking, you know, and obviously uh, Senator Langford and his colleagues, you know, worked hard to negotiate something. You know, it's hard to do some actual negotiation. And they, they say no new asylum claims would be allowed. Anybody crossing would be removed. Based in, on over what, this Benford. Hold on. Yeah. And, and he said, you know, this it ends the whole idea of I made it to U.S. soil and now you have to process me. It increases detention beds, doubles the deportion flights and adds six hundred and fifty million dollars to expand the border wall, which is the same language and funding that's in H.R. 2. So, you know, isn't isn't getting something better than getting nothing because this problem isn't going away. No, but when you have a loophole on the other side of it on the very next page in the bill that that puts us that puts us quash on any of that that you're talking about there um, and allows the secretary Mayorkas allows bureaucrats to make these decisions rather than courts that waters down uh, the reasoning behind those seeking asylum, lowers the standard for those seeking asylum. Um, that's what we're talking about here. That's the language that we're reading in the bill. And for, part of what I can tell is that we're not being told the truth here about the bill. She hasn't read the bill very obvious <laughs> she and then she lies about we, we, we got 15 more pages we got 15 more pages to go i mean <laughs> i mean just such a liar and, and here's the thing again these MAGA republicans are just not serious people and, and i welcome anyone who wants to have serious discussions as i said that's why I really enjoyed that interview with Governor Asa Hutchinson, I, or former Republican Governor Asa Hutchinson. I enjoyed that back and forth. If you want to have serious conversations, let's have it. But like these MAGA Republicans are having 
such kind of clownish, embarrassing, lowbrow, made up Trump fan fiction. And, and, and at the end of the day, you trace this to, you know, why are they doing it this way? Oh, they're they're doing it this way because the person who goes ding ding swoosh 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 wants to whine about the issue, then solve it. And Fox thinks and does that it could make billions of dollars kind of riding that wave and exploiting the vulnerabilities rather than helping Americans gain the knowledge and give them the data, which is like our goal and objective here. Fox looks at kind of, you know, vulnerable people and says, how do we screw them? How do we get them so fearful that they'll buy anything that we sell them? And then we'll just, as Fox believes, we'll just settle the defamation case. It'll be a rounding error in the long run based off of injecting these constant lies over and over again. Yeah, it's disgusting. Anyway, let's hear now Dan Goldman speaking about this Republican desire to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas. They could be working with him to solve issues at the border, but instead they want to do the bidding of Marjorie Taylor Greene. This was one of her missions on like day one, basically. I wanted to ask you, because you wrote an op-ed about this, and this really stuck out to me, the hypocrisy here. I mean, while simultaneously they're doing this, while simultaneously trying to impeach the Secretary of Homeland Security for saying, in their words, that he's not doing enough about the border, but they're blocking legislation that would help do something about the border. Uh, you have an op-ed, but give me your take on that. Well, the, the cynicism and hypocrisy is startling. Uh, the House Republicans are trying to impeach Secretary Mayorkas for failing to address the problems at the border while he is negotiating with the Senate legislation that is necessary because executive action is insufficient in this situation, he is negotiating legislation that would address the border. So the, the House Republicans, rather than engage in those negotiations to try to find bipartisan solutions in divided government, instead are using this sham impeachment that is absolutely baseless, that demeans and debases the impeachment clause of the Constitution, mm. turns it into a pure political political weapon. And they're doing that while President Biden and Secretary Mayorkas are trying to solve the problems at the border. They are doing this purely for political reasons and political gain. And what it is showing right now is that Republicans, especially in the House, do not want to solve the problems that the American people care about. They just want power and they just want to help Donald Trump. It's such an important point. You have a unique experience with this, that there is an impeachment clause in the Constitution that they are essentially making fun of by what they're doing. It's 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 absurd what they're doing. <laughs> so stirred on by the right wing media, MAGA propaganda, social media, you had all of these MAGA supporters, MAGA followers descend upon the border. They called it the take our border back convoy. I'm not sure what they quite expected to do when they arrived at the border, but they went to the border nevertheless. However, that invasion that they were promised by Fox and by social media, they saw the videos 
those couldn't have been fake, right? All the videos that have been on loop for the last few years, they, they couldn't just be random videos that have been used, right? They finally get to the border after a whole lot of chaos. And this is broken down by our editor-in-chief, Ron Filipkowski at MidasTouch.com. And by the way, we just did a quick refresh of the MidasTouch.com website. Check it out right now. And we called it the uh, shit show at the border, if you look that up on MidasTouch.com. It goes through the entire border convoy and the chaos that ensued, the fighting. They were at each other's throats. But first... I want to show you this one moment because MSNBC went down there and they met up with one of the people at this convoy and they were asking her, so was it what you expected when you came down here by the border? And she was very surprised. She said it was quite eye-opening that it was not what she was told like it was going to be on TV. I've been talking to these folks who have come from all over Texas, even other parts of the country, to be here. And some of them, even though we are about a half hour from Eagle Pass, have driven down to Eagle Pass to try to actually see what's happening at the border. And I've spoken to a number of people who said that they're a little surprised by what they're seeing here. I want to play a conversation with a woman, Misty. Take a listen. It was, it, it's pretty surreal. We actually made it into Eagle Pass and we went and saw um, Shelby Park. Um, I was able to see some people actually trying to cross and stop at the at the wire there so it was it's very eye-opening and so and tell me more about eye-opening is it what you expected is it better is it worse it's not what i expected but then again i don't know what i expected um i can tell you it's not as bad as what i thought so that that's kind of eye-opening in itself too yeah I kind of think I know what you expected, probably what Fox shows every single day, which is often the border of Mexico and Guatemala. Like Fox doesn't actually show you which border it is. And by the way, when you listen to what that person said, she said, so she saw the border agents stop the few people who tried to cross. So she saw the border agents do their job. I'm not sure I'm even buying that. (laughs) I feel like she had to say something. We've got 15 pages to go. (laughs) You haven't read any of this, nor are you ever going to read any of this. And look, I I don't want to make light of the situation, you know, at the border at all, but also the imagery that's constantly pumped by Fox also is not accurate and they don't show it with the appropriate context of what's going on. And there are real serious issues that need to be done. But look, a lot of what is driving this is that the economy is now rebounding. The economy is doing well, despite all the poison pills that Donald Trump stuck in the economy, $8 trillion in debt. Nobody said that you can get inflation under control and still keep unemployment low. Nobody said that that was possible. President Biden, by actual legislation, when Democrats controlled all three branches of government, actually passing things like the CHIPS Act and the PACT Act and the Inflation Reduction Act and things like that, actually were able to kind of buck this trend that no economists you know, really thought was possible. And so now one of the things that MAGA Republicans want to do is fear, 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 fear. But Democrats, to their credit, and reasonable Republicans came together, okay, okay, we hear you. Let's come up with a solution. Let's figure this out. 
here we go. Here's everything you wanted. We'll put it in a security supplemental. And then MAGA Republicans go, no, 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 no. We we just want to whine about it. We we, we want to complain about it. Sorry, but I digress. No, I mean, if, if, this, if this were truly the quote unquote invasion that they were talking about that was threatening our very country as we know it, then they would want to pass this quickly. Brett, by the but way, MAGA Mike Johnson, Speaker of the House, didn't even participate in the negotiations. And then a common theme that we've been talking about, a la Nancy Mace claiming that she still needs to read just 15 pages. He went on and lied and acted like um, Senator James Langford and other MAGA Republicans and other Republicans wouldn't invite the MAGA Republicans to participate in the negotiation. He lied and said, oh, they wouldn't let me be there. I wanted to be there. I don't know why I wasn't invited. And James Langford, the Republican, said, what are you talking about? Of course, we invited the Speaker of the House to show up and get involved in the negotiation. And MAGA Mike Johnson said he didn't want to be involved. Sorry, bro. No. So at this convoy, like they had nothing to really do when they got there. And I don't know what they expected to do if they encountered this invasion that they had conjured in their mind. But what did they end up doing? They set up like, stands to sell shit like they were they were selling trump gear and stuff like grip. that there was a grip yeah they were they were just selling things to each other they set up stands like it was i don't know border convoy coachella like the worst coachella on the planet they set up these stands they were just selling things to each other and then ironically they bought they brought the crime with them to the border like somebody robbed a food pantry who was in this group like crime increased as they made it to the border, as these MAGA people made it to the border, because it's always projection with them. And the infighting was just crazy. They were all accusing each other of being grifters, and you're not in this for the right reason. No, you're not in this for the right reason. You don't care about this. No, you don't care about this. They had like a, a group of uh, religious people who were shouting on one side, and then a group of other people who were shouting at them. It was just this chaotic scene. And at some points, this became to actual came to actual physical fights. I'm going to play just a, a short clip of one of my favorite clips that I saw from this event, just to show you like who we're dealing with here. Like, let's get some perspective on this MAGA convoy. South Park could do a skit like it's, it's, it's straight out of South Park. It's straight out of South. Park. And these are the people who are at this border convoy. And sadly, these are the people who are dictating policy right now in the United States of America. Like that's who Mitch McConnell is afraid of. That's who Mike Johnson is afraid of. How absurd is this? They have people who are just trapped in these propaganda bubbles, inspired to go on trips hundreds of miles away from their homes, only to get in fights with each other not know what they're doing whatsoever. They are just lost souls, quite frankly. And I don't want to take their agency out of it whatsoever, but they are also being manipulated by these powerful forces who know that these people 
may or may not know better. And they are being told, they are being called to action by Trump, by Fox, by these people. It's it's, it's evil from top to bottom. And no, I'm not excusing their behavior. I'm not taking away their agency in all of this, like I said. But it's the whole thing is a disgrace. But I think it is important to know that there are billions of dollars being invested to target those individuals, to manipulate them for a MAGA power structure and to engage in very predatory behavior on them. And that's what Donald Trump did his entire life, bankrupting everything and kind of just destroying the lives of workers and other people who he conned and who believed in him and destroying their lives, kind of ripping them off and going on to the next one. That's what he continued to do throughout uh, his entire career. I want to uh, show you in a little bit, we just got a clip from Alina Haba, and the Chiron now says Trump legal spokesperson, so not Trump lawyer, Trump legal spokesperson. I want to show you that also. <laughs> Judge <laughs> Judge Tanya Chutkin in another case made a comment about when she thinks the D.C. federal criminal case may take place. And, and I do have to talk about this kind of contrast of kind of President Biden winning in South Carolina as Donald Trump was posting these photographs of like – himself next to a face of Elvis and saying people say he looks like Elvis and how how weird that is. Let's talk about that and more, but let's take our last quick break of the show. Did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States, including this guy? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of house plants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And all along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, They offer free plant consultation forever, which I absolutely love. I love fast-growing trees, and I recently got their most popular small avocado tree at a great price. Traditional landscaping could be so expensive, but fast-growing trees provides a great product at amazing prices, and I strongly recommend you check out fast-growing trees immediately. The experts at fast-growing trees curate thousands of plants, so you can find the perfect fit for your specific climate, location, and needs. That's what I did. You don't have to drive around to nurseries and big gardening centers. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped to your door in one to two days. Fast Growing Trees has in-house experts ready to help you make the right selection with growing and care advice available 24-7. You can talk to a plant expert about your soil type, landscape design, how to take care of your plants, and everything else you need. No green thumb required. Right now, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off when using the code MIDAS at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com. Use the code MIDAS at checkout. That's fastgrowingtrees.com and then use the code MIDAS. Offer is valid for a limited time. Tell them that MIDAS sent you. 
I know from a lot of the emails that you send me that a lot of you watching and listening are entrepreneurs. You run your own business. And you know I run a business too, the Midas Touch Network. So I know how hard it is to manage your numbers, manage the trends in the market, and budget everything. Your business gets to a certain size and the cracks start to emerge. Things you used to do in a day are now taking a week. You have too many manual processes and you don't have one source of truth. If this is you, you need to know these three numbers, 37,000, 20,000. 25 and 1. Okay, 37,000. That's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And 1. Because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your key performance indicators, KPIs, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow all in one place. The power of having all the information in one place to make better decisions and the unprecedented offer NetSuite is providing has been a game changer for us here at Midas Touch. And I think it will also be a major game changer for you and your business. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash Midas. That's netsuite.com slash Midas, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash Midas to get your own KPI checklist. That's netsuite.com slash Midas. Check it out. A round of applause for our pro-democracy sponsors. The discount codes are in the description below. All right. Before, moments ago, before we took the break, Alina Haba was on Newsmax. And it's kind of a very bizarre. (laughs) I mean, as I always say, like MAGA equals fascism plus idiocracy. Unfortunately, the idiocracy thus far has far exceeded the ability to implement the fascism design. And you've just got a lot of like really incompetent people. Like Habba's like the worst lawyer, the worst spokesperson. She keeps digging the hole deeper. It's like she wants rule 11 sanctions from, from this judge. Some of the weirdest things here. Let's just play one of these clips moments ago, this is Donald Trump's legal spokesperson, Alina Hoppe. Right. I think they're seeing it. Um, I hope they're seeing it. You know, we have a judge that's trying to throw a civil attorney threatening me that he's going to put me in the clink, I believe was what he said, um, because I objected to his ruling on an evidentiary issue. It was a PowerPoint slide that helped prove our case. And he said, no, you're not allowed to bring it in. I'm sorry. And I said, Your Honor, I have to put something on the record. I completely disagree with you. The evidence rules don't say it. And his response was, sit down, Ms. Haba, or I'm going to put you in jail. If that is the point we are at as a country, where we are so uh, literally have this suffer from this Trump derangement syndrome, really, that it was it was like being in an epic twilight zone where no rules were allowed but for the other side. And then she goes out there and gloats and says she's going to buy France and a wardrobe and a motorcycle and this and that. I want everyone to remember, and I said this in my closing argument to the jury, 
She's here to get a check. And after this, she will continue. She didn't care, you know, about the defamation. She didn't, she cared about the publicity. And I argued that ad nauseum. Unfortunately, when you block a jury from seeing video footage, tweets that prove our case, when you block them from letting us have an expert, but they can have one, we were not allowed to have an expert. We tried twice. The judge wouldn't allow them in. Um, it is so obvious. And unfortunately, that jury in that silo wouldn't know that because they're not allowed on the Internet and they hear the rulings and they see a judge, you know, putting an attorney down, then that that jury's going to believe whatever the judge is leading them to believe. And on appeal, those rulings will come up. The uh, one sidedness will come up and and we will prevail. No, you won't. You're going to lose the way you keep on losing. I mean, just look at what she said. She said uh, she wanted to introduce the PowerPoint as evidence and that there's no rule of evidence that states you can't introduce a PowerPoint. Alina, a PowerPoint is not evidence. That's not admissible. If you created a PowerPoint, that's not an evidence issue. That's not a document that can be introduced in trial. I mean, that's just, you know, kind of evidence 101. You don't just get to make PowerPoint presentations and claim it as evidence. Then she goes, oh, and the judge blocked our experts. You didn't disclose the expert in time. You failed in the expert disclosure the same way you failed to assert affirmative defenses on time. That was your doing. That's why you lost. And that's just one of those things, Brett, as we talk about like Nancy Mace, I got 15 more pages to go. It's just like, it's all lies. And then for her to say that E. Jean Carroll didn't care about the defamation. She cared about the fame. Yeah, the jury heard you loud and clear when you said that. When you said that Donald Trump gave E. Jean Carroll what she wanted. He gave his rape victim the fame that she craved by raping her and then defaming her. She should be thankful for Donald Trump. It was something that Alina Hobb argued for what he did. He made her famous. And the jury was disgusted by that. And also, you lost the prior trial in May of 2023 where Donald Trump was found liable for sexual assault. There's a legal doctrine called collateral estoppel, where the jury rules something in one case like that. That ruling, this is like law 101, carries over to this case. So you don't get to relitigate a finding by a jury that Donald Trump engaged in sexual assault. And you know that that's what the jury found because in the same interview, and this is why also she's a really bad spokesperson, you admit it. Here, Brett, play this clip. Was Did I get this right, that she was initially awarded $5 million and they came For back? For sexual and, assault. Uh, and then I want the world to remember something. We're in a planet where George Floyd got 40-something million. People that have wrongful death get 10 million. But this jury awarded for defamation for a sitting president to deny an allegation to say, I didn't do that. I don't remember meeting this woman. And this actually works against sexual assault victims who are real victims. That's what his statement said. As a sitting president, he had to address the press. Then the other statement was on the lawn going, you know, answering reporters. Again, he says, I did not do this. Um, $83 million, $83 million. People die and get less. 
yeah. die and get less. Yeah. Yeah. It's Trump derangement syndrome and beyond. Yeah, man. Get it out of New York if you can move that venue. If you get another trial, if you get it right back out of, yeah, line, get out of New York, for sure. Yeah, right. Get it out of New York. Move the venue if you get another trial. They're idiots. Like the things that they say are just the dumbest things. What, what do you mean? Get it out of New York. <laughs> what, what is that? What is that? I don't, what, what are you even talking about? And the way the interviewer was like, so, so what, what happened in that first trial? It was it was, it was five million dollars, and she goes, yeah, that one was for sexual assault. So. I think Alina Haba, where you've been found liable for raping someone and then you consistently defame your rape victim, I think when a jury hears those facts and hear you argue that the rape victim deserved this and got what she wanted, the fame, I think they're well within their rights to award $65 million in punitive damage in addition to the 18.3 in compensatory damages because that's horrific conduct. And when Donald Trump is sitting there in the courtroom, not as a sitting president, but as a sitting loser in the defamation trial, consistently posting about E. Jean Carroll and defaming E. Jean Carroll, the plaintiff, in front of the jury while they are there. Yeah, that's going to probably make a verdict go from $5 million very quickly to 18.3 plus $65 million in punitive damages to try to deter this conduct because he was doing it in the courtroom. While we're on the subject of Donald Trump court cases, Judge Tanya Chutkin, who's presiding over the D.C. federal criminal case, contemplated that Donald Trump's trial may take place over the summer, she said that she would. She has a planned vacation in the August period of time, but that if a historic landmark case goes back on her <laughs> docket over the summer, that she will not leave the country for it and she will be here. And, and I've said it's actually a pretty – I'd be okay with that schedule if that happens because, mind you, the Manhattan District Attorney criminal case is going to start in the next 45 days. So imagine a scenario where Donald Trump is convicted in the Manhattan case, which is a felony that District Attorney Alvin Bragg is pursuing. So Donald Trump is a felon. At that point in time, Donald Trump is hit with about half a billion dollars in civil verdicts. He's a felon. And then he goes right into the DC federal criminal case in the summer. That time frame. I think is feasible. I think that's the more the more likely time frame right now. And I think even though the DC Circuit Court of Appeals is I think taking its time in a way that exceeds the outer perimeter of what our predictions were, I think or any reasonable lawyers predictions are, I actually would be okay with a schedule where Manhattan District Attorney case goes first, Trump becomes a felon. And so, you know, we kind of get used to Trump the felon and Trump goes into the other case as a convicted felon with half a billion dollar of civil verdicts uh, against him. And again, we're still waiting on justice in Goran's order as of the time of this recording, but I've done some previous hot takes on that and believe it was because of the independent monitor, Judge Barbara Jones's letter, as well as Alan Weisselberg, Trump's former CFO, having plea deal discussions with the Manhattan DA for perjuring himself, allegedly, in the civil uh, attorney general case. Brett, 
turning to some of these just Trump posts quickly that I I, I want to hit. This is what Donald Trump is doing as well. I mean, like, you know, to the point I said at the outset of the video where he at the outset of the show where he's doing like noises and uh, mommy, uh, like that's not normal. Like when has that that's not politics. That's just really weird behavior that just needs to be called out. And every day the media presents this you know, like this is like a normal thing. It's, it's like elevating, um, you know, someone in elementary school who's never played basketball in their life to the NBA and talking about them like they're a pro NBA player. And it's like, you know, that person doesn't even know how to dribble. So why don't you just say, that that person doesn't know how to dribble? Why are you acting like they bounce the ball once and that that's the equivalent of like what it takes to be in the NBA? Like there isn't an equivalent. So that may be a weird example right there, but it's like, what are we talking about? I mean, you got President Biden, you know, who's dealing with systemic issues. You've got President Biden getting inflation under control. You've got Biden, you know, implementing historic pieces of legislation, 40,000 infrastructure projects. And you've got, you know, Biden giving these speeches where he goes through actual policies that matter to the American people. And you've got Donald Trump posting things like this. You know, it's him and Elvis's face. For so many years, people have been saying that Elvis and I look alike. Now this pick has been going all over the place. What do you think? I think you're an idiot. Like I think you're weird. I think this is I think this is really strange. You know, and again, you know, it's like <laughs> build the wall, build the wall, you know, this and that. Like, you know, the new one is we're going to immediately drill baby drill, drill baby drill, drill, drill baby drill. It's like what why it's so stupid? I mean, drill, baby, drill. Like, what, what are you even talking about? I mean, right now, under President Biden, we're producing more domestic oil in the United States than ever in history. I mean, President Biden's producing more oil right now and taking on efforts by Russia and Saudi Arabia to do Trump's bidding. Like, that's one of the incredible things. The way President Biden has actually dealt with our strategic reserves has been brilliant. It's been profitable for our country. Um, the fact that Russia is, you know, not prevailing in their unlawful invasion of Ukraine the way they had expected to is also raising the price for them to, you know, build out their own oil wells. And the United States has very kind of quickly become the largest oil producer in the world. And every time, because they're trying, trust me, Russia and Saudi Arabia is trying to do what they've normally done to jack up the prices. And the United States is strategically pushing it down. We've become very independent as well from OPEC based on President Biden's strategies. And we've done some real great strategic things, pitting countries against each other as they've tried to collude to raise the, the oil prices. So there's so much smart policy going on behind the scenes as well. And if Trump just goes, drill, baby, drill, baby, drill. I want to analyze the data like we are we are drilling more right now and we are focused on dealing with climate change and recognizing that it's real. Whereas Donald Trump gives speeches talking about how he'd rather be electrocuted than eaten by sharks. That's actually what Trump says at his speeches when he talks about 
like like energy. I know I'd rather be, you know, he always talks about how he hates electric cars and says that if it, like it rains, your electric car is going to be destroyed. If, if you if you have an electric boat, you're going to drown. He, I mean, he says the stupidest things. He goes, but I'd rather be electrocuted than eaten by sharks. And then you have the Magadonians go, oh, yeah, he'd rather be electrocuted than eaten by sharks. I'm, I'm watching this and I'm just like, the hell am I? What the hell is this? Some weirdo stuff, right? Some weirdo, strange loser stuff right here. But Brett, let's talk about winning stuff, you know. And on the comparison, as I, <laughs> it's like Donald Trump underperforms in New Hampshire. And it's the example that I gave the elementary kid who picked up the basketball for the first time, who bounced it once. They were a dominating dribble. You know, and then when you actually see a great game being played by an NBA player, it was like he, he could have he could have done some more three pointers. You know, and it's like it's like, what, what do you what are we talking about here? Biden won by 96 percent. That's virtually everybody in South Carolina, basically almost everybody who lived in South Carolina who voted, voted for Joe Biden. 96.2%. And then the media acts like, well, we're unclear if that shows a wider trend of growth. I, go, I don't know either, but I know that's a dominant freaking performance. So <laughs> it is what it is. Right. They're like, quick, break out the new poll. Break out the new poll. We need to shift the narrative fast. We need to shift it fast. But you had President Biden in South Carolina, like Ben said, winning with 96.2% of the vote. Let me say that one more time. 96.2% of the vote. Marianne Williamson received 2.1% of the vote. And Dean Phillips, who said this was his big moment, came in third behind Marianne Williamson with 1.7% of the vote. An absolutely dominant and strong showing by President Biden in South Carolina in this first of the nation primary for the Democratic Party. And it shows real strength as an incumbent right there. And especially when you compare it to somebody like Donald Trump, who for all intents and purposes is an incumbent himself in that party. He was the president. He does lead that party. And he is pulling numbers like 54 percent in New Hampshire, similar numbers in Iowa. That should be flashing a red alert for Republicans there when you see all the independents that are fleeing him and the actual data and the actual data of the elections themselves. But then you see Biden and you see the coalition being strong. You see him succeeding with voters across the spectrum. Then you have the New York Times running stories like this. The New York Times called it quote, an uncertain measure of wider enthusiasm. That's how they framed the 96.2% win by Biden. But when Trump underperformed the polls and won with just 54% of the vote in New Hampshire, the New York Times said, Trump made history. He's building on his momentum. And like all these mainstream sort of networks were similar with this. It's, I, I mean, it's genuinely, it's crazy. It's crazy to me. CNN. When Trump wins by 11 points, their headline, domination, Trump dominates nomination race. CNN, when Biden wins with 96.2% of the vote, Biden will win. Just that Biden will win earning Meh. delegates. Meh. Meh. What are you going to, what, what, what are you going to do about it? But this has been 
the same coverage that we've been seeing nearly this entire Biden administration. They always want to, anytime Trump says anything, anytime Trump does anything, it's, wow, a strong showing, roaring crowds, everybody chanting dominant strength. And Joe Biden actually shows strength and has dominant performances. And they're like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's what it is, it's what it is, you know. Then I like, I want to show you the polls here as well, because they love their polls. And the second this race ended the next morning, were they speaking about on CNN? Were they talking about Biden's powerful, strong performance? Were they talking about that on MSNBC? Yeah, they may mention it like in passing, but they spent the next, I think they're still talking about it, next 24, 48 hours talking about their polls, which has different data than the votes that just happened. And the and real I votes. Just, than the actual votes. So yeah. I want to show you an example of kind of one of the polls that they use. This is a a reputable poster, Emerson, Emerson University, right? Emerson here, their poll for South Carolina had Biden at 69%. 69%. That means Biden outperformed this poll by 27 points. 27. So I just want to put that out there for when they're putting all these junk polls out there, when they're trying to act like they are gospel. They are not. <laughs> We're seeing the data in every single state. We've seen them with all these referendums when abortion has been on the ballot, right? We've seen all these votes in different states. It's all telling a specific story. That story is not lining up with what these networks are telling us, yet they keep spouting it because they want it to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. I will, uh, let's see if I should read Biden's statement, if I could find it here. But President Biden said, as I said four years ago, the campaign is for everyone who has been knocked down, counted out, and left behind. That is still true today with more than more than 14 million new jobs in a record 24 straight months, two years of the unemployment rate under 4%, including a record low unemployment rate for black Americans. We're leaving no one behind. In 2020, it was the voters of South Carolina who proved the pundits wrong, breathed new life into our campaign, and set us on the path to winning the presidency. Now in 2024, the people of South Carolina have spoken again, and I have no doubt you will have set us on a path to winning the presidency again and making Donald Trump a loser again. When I was elected president, I said the days of the backbone of the Democratic Party being at the back of the line were over. That was a promise made and a promise kept. Now you are the first in the nation. The stakes of this election cannot be higher. These are their extreme and dangerous voices at work in this country, led by Donald Trump, who are determined to divide our nation and take us backwards. We cannot let that happen. We've come a long way these past four years with Americans now having the strongest economy in the world and among the lowest inflation of any major economy. Let's keep pushing forward. Let's finish what we started together. And speaking of the economy, I, I spoke about this. I spoke, we spoke about the Emerson College poll being just so incredibly off. But let's talk about more actual hard data here because we received another jobs report, another soaring jobs report in, on Friday in which the economy added 353,000 new jobs in January. That makes now over 15 million new jobs created since 2021. That was nearly double what people were expecting. They continue to underestimate this economy. They continue to underestimate Joe Biden. But that's not all hourly wages 
up four and a half percent from a year ago, outpacing inflation. Inflation is also now around that Fed target of two percent. And what that means is, you know, there's a normal level of inflation that there's supposed to be in a healthy society. That's around two percent, right? So it means prices still go up. It doesn't necessarily mean deflation, you will or disflation, you will start to see prices go down in some sectors, but it means we basically have a new kind of bottom right now. And it's back to being stabilized compared to what it was after Donald Trump pumped all this money into the economy during COVID. You had November and December reports revised upwards by an additional 126,000 jobs. So those reports also underestimated the actual amount of jobs that were created. You have unemployment at 3.7% below expectations. 3.8% was what was expected. It's the longest stretch of under 4% unemployment in over 50 years. And that stretch keeps continuing. And if you say, Brett, you know, you're, you you might be biased, right? Like it's not all, you know, butterflies, right? Tell it to me straight. How about I give you right now, Donald Trump's former economic advisor speaking about this jobs report and how indisputably positive this jobs report is. Here is Larry Kudlow from the Trump administration, who's now a host on the Fox Business Network, breaking it down. We had a blowout jobs report, more than twice the consensus expectation. Now, I know many of my conservative friends are trying to drill holes in this report. But you know what, folks? It is what it is. It's a very strong report. Not every economic stat should be viewed through a political lens. I've been in this business a very long time, and sometimes you just have to throw away the ballot box and just recognize the numbers. They are what they are. This was a very strong report. 353,000 gain in non-farm payrolls, a very big number. Prior two months revised up by 126,000, another big number. And the bottom line here is, More Americans are working, and that is a good thing, no matter what your party registration is. Also a good thing, worker wages continue to improve. Average hourly earnings for production workers, a.k.a. middle-class, blue-collar folks, they're up uh, 4.8% over the past 12 months. And you know what? Their rate of productivity, that is output per hour, a very important economic efficiency and growth indicator. Well, productivity rose 2.7% last year. That's a good number. So the workforce is earning its pay hike. Plus, over the past three months, inflation-adjusted real wages increased by 4.5%. So typical working families got a nice real wage boost for a change. Donald Trump's economic advisor. So you could say, you know, if, if your right-wing friends go, oh, but you heard that on Midas Touch, right? But Larry Kudlow is saying that. I want to remind everybody that Tuesday, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, or if you're listening to this on Monday, that Tuesday, the Nevada Democratic primary takes place. Make sure if you live in the state that you get out and vote. The Republicans are doing a primary slash kind of caucus thing as well tomorrow they're doing this like weird dual a thing but get out and vote go there participate you know it's about getting the hard work done to help people right that's why we're all here 
I like to think this Midas Mighty group, and I know this Midas Mighty group, are people across the political spectrum. I know we get emails from independents all the time. We get emails from liberals. We get emails from traditional progressives and traditional conservatives. A lot of people watch this. And I think the thing that unites us, that one through line, is our desire to actually figure out ways that we could come together and get stuff done to help people. There are going to be challenges that come our way. There's going to be hardship. That's the nature of life. But we need serious people in these positions who are going to push forward and do right for the people of this country. Yeah. So the news moments ago was that the Senate GOP meeting was breaking up. Doesn't sound like a conference decision has been made on the Ukraine border bill. And Democratic Senator Chris Murphy responded as follows. Honestly, this is so embarrassing. You told us you wanted a bipartisan border fix. You appointed the Republican negotiator. We got a deal. Stop the drama. Do you want to fix the border or do you want to keep the border chaotic to help Trump? Just decide, please. I think that's the theme that we've been talking about on this episode and on all of our podcasts. I just want to have a serious conversation. And, and if you don't, just say you're not a serious person. Just, just let us know. And then we could all know who you are and what you're about. And we could try to figure out a way to deal with it. And that's why, Brett, to your point, this isn't like a Democratic thing, be a Republican thing, a lefty versus a right. I just crave serious discussions that are fact-based, that we can calmly go through issues together. Don't get me wrong. We could be passionate about things at times as well, but I just want to try and find solutions. And this is not a both sides issue. Democrats let a Republican negotiator lead these discussions. There was a bipartisan deal that was reached. Donald Trump then gave the order to MAGA Republicans to kill it. That's what they're trying to do. And that's just the framework of, of, of what's happening. And so if they end up killing this bill, I, I do not want to hear them whining. I mean, I know they will continuously, but it's like, all right, you, you had your shot to address this. And instead, you chose to be on team loser with Donald Trump who everything this guy has touched his entire career, he has lost. As I said, he's not a builder. He's a great destroyer, maybe the greatest destroyer of things. Everything he's pretty much touched his entire life, he's destroyed. Heck, he bankrupted a casino very and very quickly doing some of the dumbest business things imaginable because he's a bad business person and he just goes from grift to grift, destroys things wherever he goes. It's right there. We can we can see it. We know his career of bankruptcy, this bankruptcy, this bankruptcy, this bankruptcy, bragging about sexually assaulting women and groping them, hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, it's some crazy, gross and disgusting stuff found liable for sexual assault. A disgusting man, a disgusting human being. And, and also, as I mentioned, and now he's up there going swish, swish, ding, ding, boom. Like, what the what in the what in the world is this? So it's up to us. When I say us, it's it's you. 
or as uh, or as Colmer would go, it's up to you. It's up to you. Um, and we we really need your help to spread the data and just get out the truth. You know, we just passed 2.5 billion views, and I think we're quickly bred at what, like 2.55, like really quickly. Yep. We put that out in the newsletter that we just passed 2.5 billion views, and we got a lot of messages back saying, you mean 2.5 million? No, I mean 2.5 billion views on the YouTube channel, over 2 million subscribers. Now we're at 2,040,000 um, subscribers right now, and that's growing. Let's keep on growing this community together, and let's keep just sharing the data. So take this episode and just send it to a few people. Just say, hey, I know you don't, even they don't like politics. Hey, I know you don't really like politics, but why don't you just check this out? Give it a try. Or share the hot takes. Share the YouTube channel. I know a lot of people were brought to this channel by word of mouth, by members of the Midas Mighty going to friends and family and co-workers. Hey, you may want to check this out. I know how fed up you are with the way the media both sides issues. Well, why don't you just listen to this? You know, They just want to talk about sensible solutions, and that's kind of their political philosophy of just getting things done. That's where we really need your help. And right now, let's just get going. Of course, make sure people who are going to vote for pro-democracy are registered to vote. Make sure they know about the primaries, the Democratic primaries, for example. Make sure they're registered to vote for the general as well. But share this data. Sure, if you can, to sign up for the newsletter as well. It's free to sign up for the newsletter, MidasTouch.com slash newsletter. And then after the shows, we do uh, an after show. There it is right there, MidasTouch.com slash newsletter. We're going to do an after show right now um, that we have on our Patreon. There you go, Patreon.com slash MidasTouch, because we're not funded by any outside investors here. So the way we kind of build this independent media platform is through the emojis that you see on the YouTube. You can become a YouTube member. That's different than Patreon, but you click that dollar sign below on the YouTube chat, and that unlocks the emojis. Separately, you could become a patron. You go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch. You get access to the after shows. Once a month, we do our group Zoom chat. The last one was popping. Brett Wood. We have hundreds of people who were there. We did rapid fire questions. We answered every single question, I think, in that Zoom chat. So thank you everybody who thank you everybody who attended that patreon.com slash Midas Touch. And uh, thank you to our pro-democracy sponsors as well. We really appreciate them. And the discount codes are in the description below. So check them out. Some great products that Jordy Vets. Some great stuff there, so uh, check that out as well. And finally, just thank you, Midas Mighty. Thank you. I feel the momentum, and I know at times there could be great news and then discouraging news, but one of the things to know is that you've helped build this incredibly important, compassionate, pro-democracy community, and we can lean on each other. And just know that you don't have to always be on 24-7. It's okay sometimes to, you know, take a break. Absolutely. But know that, you know, we're all here for each other. And we know that you're here for us. That gives us the strength every day to do all of these hot takes and do all of these videos and live shows. So we're really grateful for you. And 
let's just keep growing this thing together. Let's make history together. Let's save democracy together. We're in this together. Thank you so much. And shout out to the Midas Mighty. The Midas Mighty standing strong Against the fascists we sing our song At Midas Touch, we are unapologetically pro-democracy, and we demand justice and accountability. That's why we're spreading our message to Convict 45. That's right. Gear up right now with your Convict 45 tees and pins at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com.